T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. This you can listen to on the DA Show's podcast feed. If you listen to the show daily, listen to the podcast daily, the daily show, full four hours or the best of the show, you'll get the PGP there weekly. Also, you can listen to it on its own podcast feed just search permission granted either one does exist inside the odyssey app so if you listen to us using the odyssey app go inside the podcast tab and search the da show or the permission granted podcast and you can listen to us on the one-stop shop the same place so we're now up to wednesday morning and uh, we've had erica herskowitz in all week because andrew bogish as you had pointed out has had quite the trip or the quite the month of trips about five weeks ago was when bogish went down has it been that long already went down to cancun for the dave matthews band kind of super fan experience i was gonna say even longer because i found out last night it was the weekend after the super bowl immediately after the super bowl man so two months ago it's crazy wow that does not feel like two months ago So two months ago, uh, Bogish and Katie, his beautiful wife, they love Dave Matthews Band. And so they they did this trip one other time. You go down to Cancun and DMB plays. I don't know if they're all still together with the band, if one has left. Certainly Dave Matthews is still in the band. And they play all their songs and all their super fans go down to Cancun and they stay at this resort. And Dave plays on the beach three straight nights, I think it is. And you stay at the resort or you stay at this this area and you just party all day. You're at the beach all day. You're at the pool all day. And then at night you go and you listen to Dave and everybody becomes a community. So you're swapping wristbands and you're learning, you know, you're learning about people. You're meeting people. Then it becomes an annual thing. So you need see the same people that you're down there. You become friends, what have you. It's just like four or five days of beach and fun. And I think if I'm not mistaken, at the end of that, Bogus admitted he tapped out on the fun, that the last night he didn't go out because he was so exhausted from the previous day and nights drinking and doing whatever they're doing 
and listen to music all night long. That sounds right. That I think he went back to his room. It was, you know, whatever, takeout, whatever you call that, room service and whatever was on TV and snoring in a hurry. So he and Katie did that two months ago. No kids. And now this week they're in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico! Because they wanted a trip. I think this was a carryover from last summer that they didn't get to go away. They had maybe points or flights they had to use by this spring. So they used this week for spring break to go away, and they decided on Puerto Rico smartly because you get to go away, you get to go to a beach and see the ocean, but it's an American territory, meaning they use the U.S. dollar, no passports needed, probably no vaccination stuff needed to fly internationally. I don't think so. No, because it's it's an American territory. Yeah, and... You know, it's it's they speak English as one of their two languages, so you're you're good to go there. And I've been to Puerto Rico; it's it's great for all of those reasons. And not a long flight, really. Either. No, it's right off the coast of Florida, kind of. So I think it's like three and a half hours to get there. Yeah, maybe even less from New York. So anyway, so that's what we're doing this week. And you know, we were like, "Wow, you were just in the Caribbean two months ago." But you had also pointed out that Katie had posted pictures on her social feed this week or last week of her being in Vegas last weekend for some type of girl's trip, no kids. Yeah, I think it was a girl's surprise birthday situation. It was just a girl's trip in Vegas. And remember, she did Cancun, she did Vegas, and right to Puerto Rico. Now, the kids are in Puerto Rico, but you texted Bogues today to see if he would come on side B of the PGP, waved us off. No, can't do it. I'm busy. Yeah, sorry. Go. I said meeting up with some friends, going on a tour. Didn't say where the tour friends? was. Friends? I didn't think he knew anybody down in San Juan. I didn't unless there were other people vacationing that they had pre-planned this trip from. Or the, met people in the last three days. Which that could be, too. Meet somebody around the pool. Let's do this. I mean, I'm no stranger to doing that on a trip as well. But he is living his best life with his family, having a grand old time. I don't know what they're touring, what they're doing. And uh, he did text me 15 minutes later. I think he felt really bad and apologized again, like he was letting all of us down. I said, dude, you're on vacation. This is exactly what you shouldn't be worrying about doing the PGP. We were just seeing if you were available. That's it. So Erica's been in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We've got a Marco Belletti Thursday. And we've got a Greg Caserta for the first time ever on the DA show, at least first time in mornings or mid-mornings. Could be, yeah. If you're asking me to remember every anchor that filled in when we were in evenings, I... There's a lot I remember uselessly in life. I can't. But I don't know if Caserta's ever done a DA show. He may not have. He may Only not. Sunday morning football. Right. Solid, solid. Also, I He's th- really good. I could be wrong, but his other DA show tie-in, isn't he like the color guy to a Pat Boyle basketball or football college LIU broadcast of some sort? Could be. I don't know. Could be. A lot of these anchors have some side play-by-play on the side. I shouldn't speak out of turn, but I could have sworn that him and Pat Boyle do games together as well. Okay. So there you have it. And the guy's all over the place. Okay. So with Erica the last three days, she's had some very funny stun to a newses. And I think Erica was very funny these three days. I agree. I think she brought it. She brought it. I would say day one. Maybe a little bit of feeling out. We're coming out on a Monday. But I think, like anything, you know, when you – it's like baseball. You keep getting put in a lineup every day. Yeah. You get a little more comfortable in that lineup. You start seeing pitches a little better, and you start driving hits. And I think she really, by day Tuesday and Wednesday, I mean, she she was very much an integral part of the show. 
I feel like I've known Erica forever, but we've only been on the air for nine years here. I say only. <laughs> and I feel like I've known her for even longer than that. And so maybe I know Erica dating back to the old WFAN days when I used to do fill-ins when I was on vacation. Either I would come back from Kansas City or Miami or Boston and do a week here in the summer, a weekend here. And maybe she was doing updates with me way back when. So maybe I've known her for more than 10 years. But Erica's great. She's really funny. I don't know if you always get that sense on the air because she can be kind of down the middle on the air unless you really tear up. But she's so funny, and she's such a sweetheart, and she's almost like a sister. Like, she's just such a great, great gal to have around that when she did the story today about there was a life-sized sex doll (laughs) that was found in a garbage bag, I think, somewhere in Gary, Indiana, and police thought it was a real body, and they brought it to the coroner. The coroner had to be like, no, this is a sex doll. She chose that story, right? Or did you pass it along? She still had to green light it. Well, she has to green light everything. So when Bogus is out, typically, unless it's a Brad Heller who finds his own, I find the stun to news stories will take anything that somebody was sent to me. So... Actually, this story was found by my wife on Facebook. It got shared around. And she said this would be a very funny stun to a news. And then I tagged Erica's Facebook on it. She approved it, in which case I put it in our topic list. So, okay, okay. But she stamps everything. Because clearly if she's uncomfortable doing something, she's not going to do it. And so I was kind of, I don't want to say taken aback because I know her personality. But she dove headfirst into a sex doll story. And she had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and that's that's the deal with Stun to a News. I mean, unless you're a Brad Heller who randomly likes a good death story or something <laughs> like that. Uh, giving somebody a Stun to a News story, having them read it, approve it, and them doing what they want to do with it is one of the fun parts about Stun to a News and Bogus Out. And she took it and absolutely ran with it. She was loving it. And then when you said, we'll insert the clip here. Why is your doll named Martha? Well, you'd have to name her. That's not a hot name. Naming a boat. You would name your sex doll Martha? Well, you know me, D. I've said this for a long time. I'm so tired of new age names. I want to bring back the Ethels and the Marthas. I've said this (laughs) numerous times. Like, we don't have enough babies with the old school names. We're going throwback jerseys. Give me a Beatrice. You want your sex doll's name to be Beatrice? (laughs) No, he said. Estelle? Give me a good old school name. He said Martha, like Martha Washington. A nice Catherine. What happened to that? <laughs> my God, my sides are cramping right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's got to yeah. be like a bunny or a cookie or, you know. Oh, yeah. You know how to do it, Beatrice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that realistic. Like, I want to pretend she was the waitress at Ground Round or something. <laughs> I don't want it to be like I brought a stripper home. I need, I need a real-life scenario. Like, you know, she was in the geek squad at Best Buy or something. <laughs> When you said that you would, that you want your sex dolls to be named after old women, old names, Beatrice, Ethel, she really yeah. got a kick out of it. That was, she was really, really legitimately laughing. She loved it. She, cause you know what? People don't think about the old names anymore. It's like hearing a good classic song when but you come that's back. That's not sexy. Why would Ethel be sexy? Cause you're envisioning an old woman. But at one point, Ethel was sexy. I want to bring sexy back. <laughs> it's not envisioning an old woman. It's just, I mean, what defines sexy? Well, how do you hear the name Beatrice and immediately think about a young woman in her 20s or 30s, long-legged, 
beautiful body. Why would that be the name that would trigger that image? Because sometimes I like to envision what the world used to be. And I think Okay, that, so you're thinking about a, a hot chick basically in the 1910s. And I'm in the 1910s. Okay. But maybe if we just, again, Bell Bottoms came back at one point. My point is at some weird juncture, <laughs> names come back around. You're going to get, like, there's going to be baby Glorias at some point again. And then that will, in somebody's era, be sexy again. Why do I have to, you know, just look and they, what, every Michelle is just sexy now? Give me, give me a Beatrice. <laughs> That's all I'm looking for. I, I just, I think I get a little creative. It's so lazy it, just to go, you know, whatever. Jennifer's hot. You know, come on. I guess because you could associate that with a Jennifer that you know that you think is attractive or a Jennifer in the movies that you think is attractive. I don't want to associate it with anything. I want to just make up somebody in my mind like I'm inventing a character in a video game. But so you can hear the name Ethel or Beatrice and your mind would trigger to an attractive woman. Yeah. Now they might have big hair and too much lipstick. Maybe that part I have to shake out of the character Like an old ant? Don't don't do that to me. Well, I'm just don't, like, I don't big, know. big hair and a lot of lipstick yeah, doesn't just, sound like a young, know. attractive woman. Like, what if I'm watching a movie from the 80s or 70s? Okay. Like, that kind of deal. Yeah, like, okay, but I, when, when you watch an old movie, do I you see. say to themselves, wow, they must be like 60 or 70 now, or do you look at them as they were then? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I, you know, look at okay, it. Okay, so it's like watching a, a black and white movie from the 40s and, and noticing that that woman is beautiful in that era. Right. I don't think of her now as crusty. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. It was an interesting thing that we dialed into. I'm sorry. Not everybody's a, you know, you know what? A Lucille. Give me a Lucille. <laughs> Lucille. Yeah. Sorry everybody's not a Kim. What do you want from me? <laughs> well, Erica loved it. And I love when she's really laughing, and she really, really was laughing. And wasn't there one other stunt to a news we did this week that was a little... Well, we did the UFOs. Off off kilter, maybe a little poor taste. I'm forgetting the third one this week. We did yeah. the UFOs over Tuesdays. Alaska. I can't remember Tuesdays. I feel I like Tuesdays it. was also a little lewd. I've slept about nine hours and 70 hours, so I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Okay. Okay. Well, I did find today interesting as well, <clears throat> Wednesday's show, because I unveiled for the first time a new concept that I had for every day up until the NFL draft, circling one prospect that I'm really intrigued by and counting why you're looking at me like that. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, I want to hear the idea. I said it on the air. You know, know the idea. I'm very excited you said it on the air. I'm gonna you're tell looking you at me right now. Because like, I want you to say it again because it made me very happy. You're looking at me right now like a professor who is grading the student's no. performance. So that's why I'm just laughing because you've got like this, uh-huh, tell me more. And you've already heard it. Anyway, I'm going to circle one prospect each day over the next 10 shows and count down from 10 to 1 my 10 most intriguing prospects, break down some film, break down my idea of what type of players they might be in the NFL, some comps, et cetera, maybe some needs for teams somewhere uh, so that was my idea. So I didn't tell you. I thought of this last night. I texted Cap, hey, can we do this with some video and maybe put this out on social as well when I do it? Or I'll give you the players and you have the video ready to go. So there's some prep work. He's like, yeah, absolutely, we could do this. And then I said this, and you nodded your head, and you turned to Kevin Wall, and you're like, yes. And you said something to Kevin Wall. And I'll tell you why. Okay. All right. So yesterday we left here. You and I had brainstormed a couple ideas because there's a busy couple months coming up. 
And on the way home and throughout the day, you know, I'm, I'm checking in on different shows, TV, as I, as I usually do and kind of get a finger of the pulse. And I said to myself, I said, Mraz, you're the producer of this show. You're hearing what everybody's talking about in the country. You're approaching a busy time. What can we on the DA show do better? And I said, without a doubt, I think we need to be doing the NFL draft better over the next couple weeks. I said the NFL is the the sport that we talk about the most. And while the NBA playoffs are very attractive and we will do plenty of them. And while we approach the NHL playoffs and sure, baseball starting and the Masters and all this. I said, honestly, I listen to everybody else. I don't think we're doing enough NFL draft. And I said to Kevin Wall at 5.30 a.m. this morning. I'm writing this down. The one thing I need to remind DA to talk about after the show is I want to do something NFL draft related every day between now and the draft. Without talking to you, mm, look at that. You on your own had come up with a similar idea and the actual payoff to an idea of your own spin on it. So when you said it, I had no idea it was coming. That okay. was me saying, "Well, boom, don't have to talk to boom. him after the show. Me and him were in lockstep." He's got a plan. It jives with my plan, and that made me very happy from a producer's standpoint. Okay, that's good. Now, I'll get zero credit at all for the producer aspect because you thought of it on your own, but at least it made me feel good that we were thinking along the same lines. Right. Well, how much draft do you absorb in these two weeks leading up to it? Because now we're... We're just over two weeks to go. I'm the wrong guy to ask because I've become draft obsessed over the last really? decade. Yeah, I, I sink my teeth into it. Mock drafts, watching YouTube highlight videos that I have to remind myself I'm only getting the best cuts of these people on YouTube. Uh, full disclosure, a lot of it probably has to do with the Giants always picking high. So, <laughs> okay. You know, I kind of, at least the top 25 or so, I, I, I like to have a general idea about all of it and, and see where mocks are going. Then I get very interested in the, what's a smokescreen, what's a not. I'm the wrong person because I the NFL draft is probably my favorite non-football game sporting event of the year. So I love it. I absorb way more than others, but you know when I listen to other shows or on other networks or the same network and other pocket, and I kind of I feel like where I tune out, where I tune in, I gravitate to shows that are doing draft at the beginning of April through the whole month. And I I kind of think based on reading Twitter that there are a lot more people. Like me, even not as extreme with me as far as what they're looking for at this time of year than maybe we think about in real time. Probably because football is so, it is such the kingpin and that it weaves college football fans into NFL. I guess the thing that I always struggle with, though, is when it's draft night and you're sitting in front of the TV and you watch the draft, there's like... Five players maybe that you kind of know and you might be surprised they that team took them or you're surprised that that player dropped or that's an interesting fit, but that the bulk of even the first round most people don't know. Offensive linemen, yeah. defensive linemen. Unless it's a splash player at one of the skill positions or an edge rusher, I just don't think most football fans know anything about these guys. And if you're a college football fan, let's just say – you're a huge Auburn fan. You don't know who the tight end at Iowa is. You don't know who the offensive lineman at USC is. So I don't know if that resonates either. Well, I have three answers to that. Okay. You'd be amazed at the conversations I have in my head despite sex dolls and Ethel and all of that. <laughs> my first answer to that would be 
as much as we entertain, isn't it also sort of our job to have people? Like, that section of fans that have that thought that listen to our show may really not know a lot of them. And maybe that's partially on us. We should also think of ourselves as sometimes educating as well, not just giving takes. Yeah. The the other part of that would be, I think we were one of the better shows in the country as far as doing both college football and the NFL and not completely slanting one way in the fall. And if we're going to pride ourselves on that in the regular season, then we better be there come draft month because we, you know, even if you're not focused on individual players in college football, we certainly don't ignore college football the way other people do. So True. we should absolutely be there in April. And then I think the third part of that is if you are a listener or a viewer of the draft and you're thinking that, it's probably because you get stuck in some of the same routines that we all get stuck in programming-wise, the same kind of stuff that sports radio has done for 25 years, which is, all right, well, the big games matter before a draft, right? So you kind of, all right, we watch an NBA playoff game. Obviously, clearly, we need to make sure that most of the show is reacting to the playoff game. But what if that always isn't the biggest story? What if that's not always the biggest thing on top of people's mind, but they fall into, okay, yeah, I watched the game, I have a take on it, and they're not as energetic about it. So, And I'm not dismissing the NBA playoffs, but I just I think probably there needs to be more balance in April with certain shows, including ours. Yeah, maybe you're right. I think it's, I just, I wonder if it's hard. I guess it's hard maybe because most people might not assume that ever, that, let's see, executives that make decisions with sports media m- may assume that college football fans are different than NFL fans and NFL fans don't watch a ton of college football. Now that might be true, that might be false. But so that's where I think there might be a disconnect because, you know, you've got these fans in Alabama that will watch every single SEC game possible and re-watch them throughout the the week. But then you get to the NFL draft and, you know, they might be a Falcons fan, they might be a Saints fan, but they're right. not they're not huge. And I and I know this firsthand in Syracuse because at SU, college basketball, college basketball, college basketball, every day of the year matters in some degree. And during the season, everybody up there watches every minute of Syracuse basketball and back in the day would know everybody in the Big East, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in the NBA draft, it was like, eh, okay, fine. Where where did where did this player go? It didn't really matter. It didn't resonate that much. So because they didn't really have an NBA team. Some of them were Knicks fans, maybe some of them were Celtics fans, but there wasn't sure. really a hard, hardened NBA tie. So if you're thinking about it from that standpoint, if you go to a bunch of college towns, do they have a bunch of really hardcore football fans? I mean, Madison, Wisconsin are going to be, you know, Packers fans. But I think by and large, you might assume that there's a disconnect there. Yes. Well, I, I guess my devil's advocate would be I do think that basketball is different than football in that realm because of the football event feel of once a week. And I think they're not every college football fan, uh, college basketball fan is clearly a, an NBA fan, but you also don't view it through the national prison the same way. I think in this day and age, due to the boom of fantasy football and gambling and all that, I think that if you weren't an NFL fan before and strictly a college football fan, or you weren't a college football fan, but you were an NFL fan, I think that those two worlds, more than any other sport, from a lesser level to an upper level, are more married today than ever. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. Concepts, schemes. Yeah, that's probably true. A lot of overlap. So earlier this week, Pete was on the board with us on Monday, 
And then, unfortunately, midway through the show, had to leave. He's okay. Everybody's okay. He's going to come back to the show on Thursday. But that's what left Kevin Wallen for the first three days. You then slid into the chair on short notice on Monday that Pete vacated. And it appeared that on, on Twitch, the commenters had noticed. Yes. Now, on Twitch, they're watching the simulcast. They're, they're chatting alongside. And I didn't see this. Cap brought this to my attention. But what happened? So Pete leaves. You get to the board, and then suddenly everyone's like, wow, Mraz is now running the board? Well, I can tell you, because this is the first time we have not addressed this on air. Pete was there one moment on Monday and then not. And as far as our audience on the radio goes, they have no idea. Pete was there for two hours. Where was he? I had to sign off Twitch that day when it happened because there was just too much going on. We get into it. I, I literally had to learn another job on the fly. So I wasn't paying attention to it then. Apparently, in the uh, Pete has a stomach virus. That's what he's told us. I, I don't think there's any problem revealing that. Pete started to look very ill and feel very ill. But apparently, Kaplan, as he usually does, look and hope catch me eating, <laughs> happened to, you argue, wrong place, wrong time, be shooting the control room during this commercial break. Unbeknownst to me and Pete, really, where Kaplan, you know, Kaplan sometimes will leave it on, run to the restroom, whatever he's doing. Mraz will eat something. The, the audience, you know, behind the scenes, <laughs> chopping it up. It just so happens this happens as Pete is feeling ill. Pete is having sweat drip from his head. Oh, I didn't realize that. Pete had a little trouble standing up. He felt very weak in his knees, and it was a little frightening in real time. Like Pete doesn't do the best job in real time when something's going on, expressing what he's feeling and what's going on. So it was. A camera is catching in real time the sense of panic in the control room. And the listeners are watching it like they're in on something they shouldn't be seeing. And here's Pete clearly. No way. I didn't realize this was happening. Yeah. So when all this clears, we get Tom DeCelestino, the producer, the writer, then you to come in for a segment. I kind of handle. I'm I'm figuring out what's going on on my computer. And that's where I caught the Twitch window where everybody was talking about, like, wow, is Pete okay? So I give him a quick update. Pete's feeling a little ill. He'll be fine. I don't think anything of it, but Pete, there was that was the the talk of the show, and then I guess Twitch for the rest of that show was just like, what happened to Pete? What we just saw was not right. He couldn't stand. He was oh. red in the face. We saw the sweat, and it just so happened a cap oh, left the cameras no. right. and we never addressed it on the air because we didn't even really know what was going on. So that that's kind of what happened with Twitch on that day from that standpoint. So again, Pete's Pete's all good. He's coming back to work tomorrow. Just had to take a t- couple of days off. He was feeling under the weather. But so you take over the board, <clears throat> yeah. and boy, you were peacocking. Boy, you were feeling confident, running oh, that board, hitting those breaks. I you was. were loving life. You know, DA, there's a moment in every man's life <laughs> <laughs> where he stares adversity in the eye, and he can do one of two things. He could wilt, panic, make excuses knowing nobody expected anything anyway, or they could rise to the occasion right. and silence the doubters forever. I had never touched a control room board and radio. I mean, I do this when we run a podcast, but as far as live radio, since before CBS Sports Radio existed, so we're talking about 2012 was the last time I did this, and it's a completely different operation. I have heard the jokes. I've heard the laughs. (laughs) The whispers. The whispers. (laughs) Oh, Mraz thinks his job's so hard. He thinks his life's so difficult. I like you to come up, and I think Pete has quote said it this before. Yeah, what a joke it would be if you came over here and did my job, my job. And I sat back and I took the punches. Maybe he's right. I don't know. What if maybe it was a disaster? I would never know. 
I had Tom DeCelestino from Writer Than You because we, quite frankly, had nobody in the newsroom, and you alluded to this. The tape op was working from home, who was supposed to be in. Uh, there was just a lack of staff around here on Monday for whatever reason. There, It was crickets and uh, tumbleweeds going through that newsroom. The only option left was for Mraz to figure out what the heck was going on and take over as Pete went home. And I learned how to do Pete's job, and I counted because it was during a break, 90 seconds. I quickly wrote down everything I thought I definitely needed to know to not ask another question. And I sat in and I did Pete's job for the final hour and a half of Monday's show. And boy, was I happy. I Did I rise to the occasion? The the show, <clears throat> you hit all the breaks. You hit all the music. Everything fired. It was good. You did a really good job. And we were both marveling at this by the end of the show. How could anybody mess it up? I agree. You know, we've had guys that now have been banned from the show because they've done so poorly on the board. Yeah, and and before we get off this, I do want to say something that happened behind the scenes. There was a moment in the midst of me quickly training where D.A. would talk back to me and Tom DeCelestino in utter panic at the idea of me running the controls myself. (laughs) You mean to tell me we have nobody else? Starts rattling off names that aren't here. There's no other plan we can come up with but putting Mraz on the board right now. D.A. had so little confidence that his face turned whiter than Pete's did when yeah. he was sick. Yeah, so just yeah. to give you a little background on that. I was stunned to a news. I just thought there had to be somebody with board experience that could jump in. How could we have two radio stations, two fully functioning newsrooms, guys that run the board every single day, and nobody for two hours they can slide in besides you who's never run the board at CBS Sports Radio? That felt like a real never hit a break in my potential life. Potential for disaster. Don't even, I mean, 150 affiliates got to get that break tone out. Never hit one in my life. Yeah, yeah. It's hard on on the syndicated side of things instead of the local because you're filing everything or firing everything to every affiliate nationwide. You got to stay on clock, stay, et cetera. So I didn't like the prospect, but you pulled it off, man. You pulled it off. And I mean, kudos to you. And if you could learn it in 90 seconds, I don't understand how anybody else would butcher it. And that is the next point. That was. My main, main takeaway was not to bash Pete in the high. Now, of course, I'm going to glow and Peacock and throw it back in his face that he told me I can never do his job, and I got the chance to do his job, and I did it. But the bigger question is not about Pete. The bigger question is how many butchers we've come <laughs> and fill in for Pete. You know, and and, got, and people have filled in on other shows where you hear horror stories. Jack Stern, you know, uh, we had that one two-day process where Shep was just, he melted. He collapsed, and... Unfortunately for him, he took a lot of a lot of heat from us. But I, it wasn't like I just did the bread and butter either. We had audio to play in segments, so it meant I had to change things out. That final segment where it's analytics into a fail is moving parts all over the place. You know, and I know I have background in knowing how our show sounds clearly, but I, my big takeaway, DA, easiest job in the place is running that. <laughs> so I don't understand how these guys mess it up. I'm. I'm not a great person to talk about it because I've never run the CBS Sports Radio board. My first job in school, well, one of my jobs in school was running the board of the student radio station. My first job out of college, I had to run the board as a producer as well. So I know how to run a board. And I always felt like, yeah, you have to have an ear for how things are supposed to sound, how high levels are, when music comes in. If things go haywire, how do you handle it smoothly? But then ultimately, it's 
It's paint by number. You know that this goes up here, this goes down here, this fires then. I'm not going to name names, but we have had, and and you did name names, we've, (laughs) we've had some instances where everything just disintegrated on the air. Everything was wrong. This fired wrong. This was the wrong thing. This pot was way too high. This pot was way way too low. And if you figured it out in 90 seconds, I don't know what that says about the people that can't do this. I don't either. And believe me, my intentions when I figured out in 90 seconds was not to rain on everybody's parade who can't figure it out, even though it is nice to. But I, I really am confused. I, I am really thoroughly confused. Because there's a layer of expertise, and I'll say this tomorrow on the show when Pete's back. There's a layer of expertise or a level of expertise that Pete brings to the table. He is going to go next level on music mixing, on drops, on finding the right soundbite at the right time, being able to handle everything very quickly on his feet. He's very nimble. He's forward-thinking. He has all of that part. That's the next level of what you're talking about. Anticipation of what's coming, absolutely. A sophistication of the job. But I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about getting a show on the air and making sure it doesn't sound like crap. Right. That's what you pulled off, the very foundational basics of it. To mess those up, if you could learn them in 90 seconds, it's not about Pete's not important. It's about how could somebody not be able to do what you learned in 90 seconds. Right, right. Again, I couldn't learn all of Pete's stuff in 90 seconds, how he has everything labeled, drops, all that. But, yeah, we've had too many people come on where – Christmas music is played. Come on. Where Come on. Where you don't know how to preview sound, Come where on. you screw up and you don't know how to fire a sound check cut while a bed is playing. Come on. Or or how to ride a level on an epic fail music bed with it. Like just little things on our show or just flat out uh, the affiliates don't get their break <laughs> tone and we're hearing break music. Like simple things like that. Yeah. Yes, there are again, I I learned the job in 90 seconds. It's just the people that fail that to just the foundational basics of running the board are A, distracted, or B, not smart. It's one of the two. Right. As long as you're not distracted, you know this fires then, this is what I got to do then, and then B comes after A. If you mess that up, again, you're either not paying attention or you're not smart. Right. In fact, you, and I don't blame you because we all have had such experience with people who have filled in for Pete where they don't belong, which is probably why we love Connor Green so much because there's no mistakes ever made. One of your foundation first questions as I got settled in there were, do you know how to turn on your microphone? <laughs> That's how low a bar others had set. You would flat out ask me, do you know how to turn on your microphone? There's two buttons on and off. The fact that the bar could be set that low... That we could assume people wouldn't even know how to do that we've is incredible. I don't, and I don't blame you. We've had some horror stories. Yeah. Do you know how to turn your microphone on and off? <laughs> I mean, even this week, without Pete there, even this week there were some hairy moments. Yeah, there have been. There have been. It doesn't make any sense. Does it make a noise? <laughs> it doesn't. It so, doesn't make any sense. And not... I'm calling this week a resume week for me. I'm calling it a resume week because I want it known Monday alone. Just for all the haters out there, and I let Twitch know this, for all the haters that want to maraz this, maraz that. We brought it up already. Bogus's job to get stunned to a news. I found them all three days. Bogus's job to record those uh, Odyssey Sports Minutes. 
I've been recording bogushes. Pete's job to run the board, I ran the board. <laughs> All on top of my usual stuff. Everybody can stick it where the sun don't shine when they say, I can't do this, that, and the other thing. I'm turning everybody's job. You know what? I'm going to be moving the cameras for Cap next week, too. For a visual. Every time Arez says, I did that, he's thumping his chest. I did that. Me. I did Me. that. I feel like Patrick Beverly after knocking out the Clippers. <laughs> Take your ass home. Well, I purposefully have not brought up how you filled in for Pete on Monday until Pete's back. Because yeah. I, I do believe... <laughs> <Make sure you're laughs> safe. I do believe... Yeah. Yeah, I want to make sure Pete's back and he's feeling okay. But I do think that you deserve a victory lap. And so, I guess Thursday is going to be victory lap Thursday for Merez. I'm I'm, so, I'm not holding back on Pete when he comes back either. <laughs> I I refuse to do it. I, I'm happy that he's feeling good and it was very scary in the moment. But his biggest card he held over me in every argument was, and I quote, I'd like to see you come over here. What a joke that would be. I came over there, pal. And, yeah, I figured you got the biggest racket going. So, that's it. He's dead in the water now. Okay. There's no side B because Pete's <laughs> under the weather and because Bogus won't pick up our phone calls. Cap's uh, not even here Cap, today. Cap, Cap bailed on us, and Erica's done for the week. She's like, I've had enough of you bozos. So uh, so that's side A and side B tied together. Uh, as always, thanks for subscribing and listening to the PGP. And stay tuned because on Thursday's show... Pete's going to have to respond to Merez stepping into his chair and performing very, very well. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.